desire. for like an hour and I might have yelled at her like a crazy person <laughs> felt really bad afterwards she was just it was about ice cream uh, well she didn't want to go to my she didn't want to go to my grandma's house so that I could go to therapy and I was like I have to go to therapy and I didn't tell her that I was like I'm going to the doctor and she's like I don't want to go I was like well I'll get you ice cream and then she was like I want ice cream and then the screaming kept happening I was like well you're not going to get ice cream if you keep screaming and then she just kept screaming and like screaming like like that. Oh my god. And like I was also on a conference call and so there was people talking in my ear and my daughter was screaming. It was just a lot was happening and I think I just woke up that morning just feeling on edge, period, tired. And she was in mid scream and then I just was like And then I was like, Do you like and I just kept screaming. I was like, Do you like the way this feels? This is what it feels like when you scream at me and then she got really scared. <laughs> And she started like backing away. It's so funny how kids uh, suddenly you do you do what they do and they're scared, right? Yeah. And I was just like, I'm doing exactly what you're doing. So yeah. I felt like it was it was even playing field. And then afterwards, obviously, I was like, I'm 31. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not an even. It's this is not good. And I then, called you and you're like, I don't know. I'm just feeling really. I was like, okay, <laughs> you need to go home and smoke some weed. I almost asked you to do something. I was like, oh, maybe you should email. I was like, oh, she's like, you're like, no. Nah. <laughs> okay, okay. And then you started getting mad at IRA. You don't even deserve ice cream because of you. I was like, okay, I'm going to call you back. Bye. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye. It was just one of those mornings. Um, no, bitch. That was like at four o'clock. Okay. Well, because it kept happening even after I picked her. Well, then I went to therapy and then that, I didn't, when I left, I didn't feel good. And then I picked her up, and then she didn't want to go to piano class, and she was crying about that, and I was just like, I can't deal with life today. And then I was like, there's no way I'm giving her ice cream today. There's no fucking way. And then, you gave and her then I gave her ice cream because she's cute. Um, and I felt bad for screaming at her. <laughs> My therapist said it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I told her, I was like, I just screamed at her. I don't know. <sighs> anyway. Um, how about you? Are you good? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. You know, normal adult shit, and I'm an adult, so I gotta take it. <laughs> so that's it, pretty much, except for the fact I keep forgetting things. Okay, so we have a very special guest today. Um, mama, 
birth worker birth worker <laughs> i just made that up no that's a legit term okay certified, certified doula yes. certified doula um childbirth educator mm-hmm. women's yeah. wellness expert i don't know i was thinking sex worker and i was like birth worker <laughs> same right <laughs> She was a birth worker. Yeah, a birth worker. I don't, I, did, yeah, I just never heard anyone use that term before. Yeah, it's a legit term. It's typically for women or people, individuals who work in the birth world and have multiple hats they wear. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Sam. Awesome. Okay, well, um, my son just turned eight. Oh, my God. Going on 28, like we talked about earlier. He's just the light of my life. He's my favorite thing on the planet, and he... Constantly makes me want to rip my hair out. And when he's away from me, I miss him within 30 minutes and want him home. And um, he's just the reason I do everything that I do. And he makes me so happy. And I'm a single mom. Newly single, but not that way. Um, I haven't been with his father in about four and a half years. I am a, I'm all the things you guys said. I'm a birth doula. Um, I'm an author now. My book comes out in like 45 days and I'm... <gasps> Kind of losing my shit, but that's just, I'm, I'm looking at all of my mentors. Um, do you guys know who Brene Brown is? Mm-mm. That sounds, oh, I, she was in the movie with the uh, moms? No, she's, a, so she's got a Netflix special right now. Well, she's, a, okay, so there's a, if you haven't seen it, there's a, um, a remember we tried to watch it, we got high and fell asleep. With um, them, like they're like older women, and they're like trying to have fun in Palm Springs for the weekend. It's on Netflix. We watch. We oh, is she an actress or no? She's no, she's, she's a motivational speaker. Yeah, and there's, a psychologist. There's, oh, but there's a part in the movie. It's the thing with Tina Fey, right? There's a part in the movie, and they're like, "Oh my God, is that Brene Brown?" Oh yeah, it is it Wine Country that. or something? Yeah, like that? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's how so, you really know who she is. And then they're like drunk. And like we just want to ask you a couple questions. So that's. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Okay, so my mentors that they don't know my they're my mentors like Brene Brown and Oprah, right? <laughs> they don't know they're my mentors, but they're my mentors, right? Well, everything that I've heard them say that the shit that they went through, I'm literally going through all of it right now. <laughs> so I'm like, this is to be expected. Like, I'm just, totally on plan. I'm, I'm just on yep. I'm where I need to be. Yeah. Next step. Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) So manifesting Oprah for a while. Right. So I'm just like it's good. In my daily life, in my masturbation manifestation. Not kidding. Oprah, I think about you in a masturbate. Not in a sexual way. In a non-sexual <laughs> masturbating way. And like a manifestation while masturbating type of way. Yeah. That's some powerful shit right there. It is. It is. I'm I'm totally we actually met a girl who told us about it and I was like, wait, that makes total sense. And then I tried it and then afterwards, it was actually the first time I did it was I thought about being interviewed by Oprah. Like basically what I do is like I obviously have to be turned on and then write as I'm about to come, like I start thinking about something that is really like something that I really want. It's yeah. not even sexual, but yeah, yeah. already there. Climatic state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so after that, I feel so energized. And like when I did that, that the first time I immediately wanted to work. Like mm-hmm. I was like, let me get on my computer and like, let me send some emails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me do some shit. Get me to Oprah. Yeah. Let me do some shit. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is fucking weird. Like she's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna masturbate every damn day now. No, I do a lot. I mean, not always, <laughs> not always to Oprah, not always to manifestations. Sometimes it's just pure, just pleasure. It's <laughs> just, just pleasure. My favorite porn category, but. Um, Dick is your favorite porn category. No, I'm just saying. Oh, oh, it's okay. my favorite porn category. Oh, okay. Um. Just because your favorite porn category, just because you've switched it up recently. Hey, calm, 
calm the fuck down. Femme Dom, calm down. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody that. Okay. Thanks a lot, Erica. <laughs> I, tell, I do one new category. I tell a friend. The bitch tells everybody. That's, that's what happens. Like, a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I hate anyway, you. I don't know how we got on porn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Oprah. Okay, yes. That's what we, that's what we got. Oprah's where we were. She's your mentor. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know. Yeah, so, so basically um, just everywhere they said that I'd be at is where I am. You know, you're just, you're like about to hit a new level and people, um, there's people that you really love and respect and admire and people you really don't give two shits about that you never think about. Like both types of people all of a sudden like start throwing shade at you and don't want to see you succeed and what I found and I've known this for a really long time but I'm finding it significantly so recently is that when you're around you're the sum of the five people you spend the most of the time with right so when you're around people that are playing at a different level and you decide to do something incredible with yourself or your life and you want to up level you're going to have two types of energies come from people. The people that love and support you regardless and the people who feel inferior by what you're doing. So they're going to try to stop you because the bigger you get, the smaller it makes them feel, even if it's from a place of love. But they don't realize it's like a toxic type of love. Oh, they don't realize like, it at all. Like a hater. Oh, 100%. <laughs> We're talking this can be one of your best friends who loves you more. But they hating. They just want to like, oh, your dream is too big. That is or, or they Literally. Or, or they Literally. Like, they maybe plant seeds of, of like uh, questioning. like uh, Seeds of doubt. Like, yeah, are yeah. you sure you really want to do that? Or what makes you think you're capable of that? Or, or what, it, what, what happens if it doesn't work out? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite What's one. What's your plan B? That's my favorite Think? one. There is no And I'm like, B. right now I'm at the space where I'm like, you know what? I got a lot of self-doubt on my own. Mm-hmm. I don't need yours too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're good. I'm mm-hmm. good in that department. Yeah, we're covered over here. So you show <laughs> up and you rally with me or sure. just go deal with your inner personal shit. Because when people throw shit at you, it's never a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. Mm. So I'm at that interesting place right now. Interesting. That's true. Um I, I think we get frustrated because we don't realize that people are not doing it intentionally. It's Mm-mm. just them it's their projecting. Shit. Yeah. Um, so I know Sam because she dueled two of my 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 best friends, bo- both wait my best friends' births with an S <laughs> babies babies yes, babies. She, she dueled for both of her births. Oh yeah, births. Mm. So that's amazing. Those are both really good births. I I I the first one I missed because my phone was off. And I was so angry. <laughs> I was so mad that no one called me more. I was like, why didn't you call my baby daddy? I was furious. I was so furious that I got to her So house. you made her birth about you. I, no, I did. Literally, I got there. Erica hits. Erica's laying so, it down. I literally got there, and I opened the door, and I just started crying. She did. I didn't even I just see looked baby. over like, and saw her face, and she just walks through the door, just tears streaming down her oh face. My God. And I was like, oh, honey. Because I'm the dad, and I was oh, honey. <laughs> I could cry just thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know why I was felt so, oh, you know why? Because I had just had a baby, not just had a baby, but I really, 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 really wanted a home birth, and mm-hmm. I didn't get to have it. And I yeah. had, like, low-key convinced Alana to do it, and mm-hmm. she, she finally, like, was convinced. So I was like, I should have been here. The second, second baby, I wasn't even in town. I was like, let me FaceTime that baby. I'm perfectly fine. I remember, because like a week before, we were FaceTiming. Do you remember right. that? Right, she, she, uh, she had like a false alarm uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh, yeah. 
That's hilarious. And then, I, and, she, and then Sam was the first person who hugged me. She was just like, it's okay. She had to duel at me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I legit am everyone's doula at a birth, not just the mom. Like, that's probably a thing, right? I it's mean, a I huge thing. As a doula, do you, is that something like you have to know you're going to have to do? 100%. It to be honest with you, I would say nine times out of ten, I'm the doula for the dad, not the mom. Mm. That's interesting because yeah. I would know a lot of dads who are like, we don't need that doula. Uh, yeah, and they all day. say that first. They all say <laughs> that first. Like, and you. now they're all like, they sing my praises. So my friend Brandon is the perfect example. Um, I literally never met him before I helped his wife deliver her baby in a parking lot. And, oh. In a parking lot. Yeah. Just, you just happened to be walking up? No, like she had called me and she was on baby number two. And I didn't know her when she had baby number one. But I knew number one was quick. That's all I knew. And just like with Alana, we see patterns, right? So I'm like, oh, number two is just going to fall out of her vagina, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so she calls me up, and no, she had called at a certain time. I saw a missed call on my phone, and I'm like, she shouldn't be calling right now. That's interesting. And I called back right away, and she's like breathing heavy, and she's like, I think I'm in labor. I'm like, where are you? And she's like, I'm in the parking lot of Happy Feet, oh which is God. like a foot massage Encino. place. That's my, that's my foot massage I'm spot. like, of course you're in labor. You're at happy feet. She's like, no, I didn't make it in yet. I'm like, don't move. I'll be right there. Oh, you thought she got a foot massage. Yes. Yeah. And I get there and she's covered in sweat and she's shaking. Oh, and God. this is very, very tall tale signs of transition, which is right before you deliver. So I look at her and I'm like, totally calm. Like, all right, honey, you know what? I'm just going to take a peek downstairs. Just stay where you're at. And I look down and she's crowning. In the parking lot? Mm -hmm. In her car, in the parking lot. So one by one, people start showing up. Her (laughs) husband calls. They have me. Her best friend has me on speakerphone with her husband. He's like, get her. So the hospital he wanted her to go to was a lot farther than where we're at. He's like, get her there. I'm like, that's not happening. And we're across the street from another hospital called Henry Mayo. And he's like, then just walk her to Henry Mayo. I was like, you don't understand. That's not happening. Like, you just need to be here. And she held that baby in. Until he arrived, and we're like, the fire department's there. One of my best friends who's a midwife, I had called her. Like, I called, I was calling the troops. I'm like, I'm not catching a baby in a parking lot. Somebody get here. <laughs> and she didn't know I was, like, on the outside, you know. She's freaking out. Yeah. Very, very calm. In the but with her, I'm like, we're fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. I get out of the car. I'm like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> get here fucking now. Right? So it, it worked out. It was beautiful. But the point of the story is her husband... I see him hop out of the car and he's like, Amber, I'm here. And I grab his hands and I throw them on her back. And I'm like, he's here. Feel him. Now push. Because she was holding that baby. And and like, we didn't have heart tones. We didn't know how baby was, you know. So baby needed to be delivered. And it ended up being a gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful birth in a parking lot. Amazing story. How long after the birth? From the moment I got there to the moment the baby was born was 17 minutes. Oh, shit. It felt like three hours. Wow. So it was well, 17 minutes. close by then. He was coming from um, like the Moore Park area and he flew on the shoulder the whole way to get there on time. Oh, wow. I just got chills thinking about it. I just it. got chills. Like he is on my way, baby. Yeah, I'm coming. Right. Yeah. I wish someone would try to stop me. No. Totally. Totally. <laughs> have to be at this birth too. Right. No, totally. And the, the best part was her best friend was there who was in a full leg cast, like full boots, oh. right? <laughs> and she's this tiny little girl and I'm like I need you to go inside and get gloves and she's like okay what kind I'm like just get gloves and she's like okay because we didn't have any gloves or anything 
So she takes off. She comes back with like this full leg cast, like eight pairs of gloves. <laughs> She's like, I'm here. I'm here. And I'm like, okay. And then Brandon's dad had got there. And none of us knew he was coming, right? But he called his dad like, hey, my wife's having a baby in a parking lot. He rolls up and you see this big, tall, huge man come running out of a car. And you see little tiny Natalie, the best friend in the leg boot, run over there and grow 10 feet tall. Sir, like checking him, like <laughs> not letting him get to like the woman. Who, yeah, nobody knew who he was. And she's like, no, like she stopped him. And he's like, I'm here. <laughs> it was the craziest so thing. And, and the medical run? Yes. Oh so the whole point of the story is Brandon, um, who I'd never met before, there ended up being a little bit of a scare afterwards. You know, like how is baby doing? We had like a good chunk of time from when we got in the ambulance to the hospital where there was a nervousness and I got to the hospital I followed behind them and I ended up doing my little doula thing in the hallway with dad wait wait was the baby not breathing was it baby was fine um it's just we want to see certain things when baby's born so have you ever heard of an APGAR score Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the idea we want to see baby pinking up, breathing well, responding well, and we weren't necessarily seeing those things right away. Some babies take a little bit longer to come around. Like to like make eye contact and stuff. Just like to that. just to show signs of thrivingness. Because I never right? really understood what that Afgar score is. Did yeah. You know? My other best friend would be like, I was an eight out of ten. I was the highest Afgar score. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it just means that we're looking right afterwards for how well baby's responding, mm-hmm. and then we check again ten minutes later. Okay. So some babies pink up right away and they're screaming and they're very lively and some babies take time that's all it is so you know there was a scare there for a minute and long story short um we just had a very beautiful connection and I was able to do that him as well and be there for him and help him come to center and and really take space and I've done that for multiple dads and many many times since then we'll be at like a barbecue or something and Brandon and I are shooting the shit having a beer together laughing and everyone's always like you guys are really close. Like, Brandon's, like, totally not that way. He's not that friendly with everyone. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, he's just that way with you because you're his doula. He's got <laughs> special feelings for you, you know? And a lot of the dads are that way. They really were like, who's this chick going to, like, come intervene in my birth? And then later, they're like, I'll review her. You want a video testimonial? <laughs> what do you need? Because we're, we're so much there for them as well, you know? That's interesting because I do feel like the men tend to, like, freak the fuck out the most. They do because yeah. what you're doing is innate. And they're seeing you either trying to figure out your space, which is scary to see because you look very confused and alone, and or they see you very primal. Mm-hmm. And in your way. Yeah. And it's beautiful and it's powerful. And a lot of men look at that and they're like, what the hell is going on? Who is that? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you become a doula? Like, what is the process for that? What made you yeah. do this work? So um, I had um, cervical cancer when I was 19. And, um, is that genetic or like what, like what is, so the way I contracted it was, um, my boyfriend cheated on me mm-hmm. and got HPV mm-hmm. and gave it to me mm-hmm. and HP, the particular strands, there's many forms of HPV. HPV is not necessarily like a sexually transmitted disease. Mm-hmm. It's like you getting a cough or a cold. Everyone that's sexually active will probably have it at some point or another and not even know, but there's many strands of it. And one of the strands does have the cervical cancer to aspect to it. And I got that, was 19, um, tried Western medicine a bunch of times, had two surgeries, it didn't work, it failed. So then they didn't know what to do with me, so they threw me to this midwife slash OBGYN in, the, in their practice, and they're like, you handle it. 
And she got me meditating, walking, exercising, eating whole foods, plant-based diet. And I recovered very, very quickly because of that. Mm. Whereas nothing else worked. So that kind of like led me on this journey of like just being healthier. So my daddy's from the South and it is all barbecue and mashed potatoes are the only vegetables, right? Mm. My mom's Filipino. They eat all parts of the animal, right? Mm. So we, I wasn't raised on like the farthest thing from a plant-based diet, but it made a significant difference in my health, which is another thing that Alana and I really connect on, right? Mm. Well, the reason why I bring that up is I didn't know that I was going to be able to have kids because there's so much scar tissue on my mm. cervix. Mm. And my ex and I just found out we were pregnant and it was like the most beautiful blessing. But I got um, something called hyperemesis gravidarum. It's what Princess Kate had. So you're like sick. so sick. Mm-hmm. You can't even hold down water. It was horrible. I lost so much weight. My cheeks were all sucked in like a tweaker. Like I looked so unhealthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's horrible. So all I could do my whole pregnancy was I sucked on trail mix. I watched documentaries and I played Call of Duty. <laughs> Yeah, so I Googled like all the different ways to help with like motion sickness and morning sickness. And I tried all of them. I did everything. And the only one that made the biggest difference is video games because your mind is focusing on something else. Mm. So it takes you off of it. Mm. Interesting. So for like six months, I couldn't work. I literally sat there, watched documentaries, ate 10 different kinds of trail mix from Sprouts to mix it up because I could only have like one thing in my mouth and suck on it to not throw up. And I came across the business of being born. Oh, which that changed I my, that my whole world, too. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. Well, I never thought that I was going to do this, but guess I'm having a baby in a bathtub, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm all about it. So I started Googling and researching, and I found out that it was going to cost a lot of money for a midwife that I didn't have. Uh-huh. Um, my ex works in the studios. We both used to, and they were on hiatus. He literally did not work my entire pregnancy. We, we could not afford that, right? It was going to be like 5500 out of pocket. Insurance didn't cover it. And I was just like, shit, what are we going to do? And then I found out about doulas. And I just, I researched my whole pregnancy. And my sister-in-law and my cousin's wife and all these women kept coming to me with pregnancy questions. Because they knew all I did was sit home and research and watch documentaries. And then one after another, people just asked me to start attending their births. And I had an incredible birth experience. And Did you end up having your... Your son at home? So what I did was I labored at home, um, first in my shower, which is a whole crazy story for another day, because <laughs> it's a long one, um, and then in my jacuzzi, and then my doula got there, and then we had a friend who had a birth center who was a midwife, and she let me come there and check me, because I didn't want to get to the hospital till Literally. I was basically like ready to push, mm-hmm. and when I go, by the time I was seven centimeters, she's like, okay, you can go to the hospital now and have your baby. Mm-hmm. So I ended up delivering at the hospital, but I was able to labor for most of the time away from the hospital, which makes a significant yeah, difference. So were you like a high-risk pregnancy because of the scar tissue? No, had? but what they did say was one of two things happens with... Um, the scar tissue. So if it's fresh, they call it incompetent cervix, which is like such a demeaning name all the medical terms right, for women right. are. Incompetent. Incompetent cervix. Like it's just not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is it, it's soft and it dilates very quickly, mm. which would be ideal. Right. Dilate, have a baby, right? Mm-hmm. Or that scar tissue doesn't want to dilate. Mm. And that's what ended up happening to me. Mm. So even though I got to the hospital at seven centimeters, like this is going to go so fast, transition's the smallest part. I got stuck in transition from 11 in the morning till 7 at night when I delivered. Oh, wow. Like the most intense part of labor because that piece of scar tissue wouldn't pop. Oh, 
They're like, there's one piece left, and if you push, your cervix is going to swell, and you're going to end up in a C-section. Oh, God. So I laid there not pushing for a really long time. Um, when I got pregnant, same. I was, like, super psycho research pregnancy mm-hmm. queen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, honestly, yeah. like, even, I, mean, I don't know what's going to happen in my lifetime, but I would get into birth work. I would be a doula. I would, like, that's totally something. I don't, know, I don't know if it's that movie. It makes everybody want to be in birth worker. Yeah. But um, I agree, but... I, one of the things that like, during my research and like first of all a lot of people don't know a lot about home birth a lot of people don't know that what a doula is what's the difference between a midwife and a doula. no idea but you know you explain that really well like you're a supporter to mostly the mom but obviously the dad too mm-hmm. but um, I feel like a lot of people because what I discovered when I was doing research is like there's so many things that can like um, navigate your pregnancy like your labor specifically and pregnancy that come up like trauma um Girl, this is my jam. Yeah, like, Nobody talks about nobody this. Talks. And when, when when it came up for me in my many book research and podcasts, crazy shit, I was, I don't know who, I was doing all types of shit. Um, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And also, I don't know why no one has really discussed it. Like, so much so, where like, I've re- I read a story about someone like in labor, and then maybe like the midwife had a conversation with her about like some, um, sexual trauma she'd mm-hmm. experienced. Yeah, yeah. And uh, during labor, like, literally, like, she closed back up and re- and dilated smaller. Because, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it came up for her. Mm-hmm. And she literally had to release that energy for her to birth her child. Like, mm-hmm. the energy we hold in our womb is so real and so, so powerful. So powerful. So powerful. I don't think women really recognize how much that correlates with labor and birth and oh, pregnancy. Oh, it's so significant. So, interestingly enough, something you said, I kind of want to take you back to. So, you know how you said, like, oh, I can totally see myself being a doula one day. That's because innately you are so I want you guys to go on a quick little journey with me for a second okay so let's pretend it's 200 years ago and I'm going into labor right now right and we all are in a tribe and we live in the same community the same village I would not be afraid I'd have zero fears in my head from television and movies and society to have this baby because I was at Jamila's birth last year And I supported her through that. And the rest of the women came together and saw it. And I wasn't worried about what she was going to do afterwards because I knew she could breastfeed. And if she was actually one of the less than 2% of women who cannot breastfeed, there would be another woman there to nurse her child. Mm -hmm. And her older children and her spouse would be taken care of and be fed and would be fine because your only job after you have that baby is to lay there naked for days, weeks, and some cultures, months, nurse your baby skin to skin, rest and recover. It's a healing process. Not only is a baby being born, but so is a mother, right? right? right. We don't honor this process. It's not normalized. Birth isn't a normal thing. It's thing, a thing we've made very medical, mm-hmm. right? So our mind around it is completely ass backwards. And the reason why you said you can see yourself doing that is because whether it's you in a past life or it's what's been passed down generationally through your cells is that's what we did as women. We honored each each other. other. We supported each other. We've seen birth since we were children. Right. It cracks me up. There was this post on Instagram the other day. Um, and it might even have been one of my midwife friends. And she had children in the room and the mom was birthing her baby. And people are like, oh, they're going to traumatize that kid. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 hold on. Especially the boys in that room are going to be the 
best husbands and the best support systems because birth is not going to be weird to them. And they are going to believe so much in their partner when she goes to have their child. There will be no fear. There will be zero fear. And also they're going to see what women, women, like what miracles we are. Yes. Like, wow. The power women are. Yeah. And here's the thing. There's no such thing as love and hate. There's love and fear. Fear is the opposite of love, right? right? And when you think about men that don't support women, it's not because they hate them. It's because they're in fear. They're in fear of their power. They're in fear of losing them. They're yeah. in fear of all of it. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, we were talking about trauma. Trauma. Oh, trauma. So birth is 90% psychology. Oh, right, right. And trauma right. comes up in birth every single time. Oh, you said it's 90% psych- like in your psychology. Psychology, yeah. 90%. I, I, I would say that. I think there's a point. I don't know if you agree, Erica. There's a point in laboring where like I realized I'm like, okay, I have to go inside myself. Like, yes, I sister, yes. I literally took a space. I had this, I didn't have a doula. I wanted to do it on, because same, I didn't have money. I didn't have $5,500. I called my friend's mom. I was like, you think your mom will come out here? Because she's like been a couple births and do an unassisted childbirth. And I obsessed about it. Like even before I got pregnant, I was really into watching home births. And then I show Luna too. So I really, I don't, I think it's good to normalize it. Yeah. I think some of my friends <clears throat> may think it's a little weird. <laughs> Well, her daughter sits and watches like two hours worth of birthing videos, and then I walk in, and well, my, my floor walks in. They close the door, and they're pretending to have babies in her room. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not really sure if I want my four-year-old um, pretending like she's having a baby. Right I've now. cut back on the birthing videos. <laughs> I don't care if like they watch birthing videos. I actually, and then I actually heard a really like <laughs> disturbing story, and I just got scared, so I just. I, but but I also like we watched birthing of animals, but the same. I wanted it to be normalized. I don't want. It to be fearful like my first introduction to birth is was like scary like in a hospital setting and that's how I knew I didn't want to do that but as women and this is what our bodies do I think it's there's no early or late age to discuss it there's nothing there's nothing inappropriate no. or strange I mean obviously it, it, it can be traumatic but that's why I like to show a range of births because sometimes they're really quiet sometimes they're really like there's all types of births so yeah, I think that, that's sure. important but we had another guest like um we had another guest a while ago, Jess, Jessica Hooper, and she was saying that um, she was really scared of, of miscarrying. She kept, like, obsessing over it to the point where her midwife is like, why do you feel like you don't deserve your baby? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I never heard anything like this. And she was yeah. saying how um, she felt like her sexual history, because maybe she'd, like, whatever, had sex with guys with unattached situations. Yeah. She felt like she didn't deserve, like, her husband and her baby, and that it was really psycho, like fucking with her psyche, making her feel like something was going to happen to her. Yeah, baby. totally. And I like there's so many things that play into like as you as a doula have have you experienced any like trauma with women that have like affected their labor or their pregnancy? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually the first thing that I address, um, mm-hmm. and it's my approach, and it's very different. And um, you know, I I don't preface this by saying that doulas are God's gift to birth in today's society. I I am a doula. I have nothing but good things to say about doulas. But even the best doula certification training programs out there today don't necessarily teach about this. They do teach about dealing with loss or with sexual trauma to a certain degree, um, which is fantastic. And it's something that needs to be addressed. But what I found is a lot of the typical Typical is not even the word. Traditional doula support today is how do I support a woman in a hospital to make the best choices that are right for her body? What are her alternatives? What are her options? How can I manage her labor and pain? 
that's really the broad spectrum of right. it. And what I found within the first few years is it's all psychology and it's all the inner game. And so most of the work that I do with my clients is before the birth, not during. Mm. And it's a lot of visualization and meditation, um, like a lot of fear and burning release lists, like getting the shit out of your head and figuring out what it is you need to heal. Because if you haven't, I promise you, sister, it's coming up when you're in labor and it causes issues every time. So sometimes it can be sexual trauma or abuse. Sometimes it's just mommy or daddy issues. Sometimes it's issues with their spouse or partner. That's what I was going to say. That might be it. It's a big one. The number one thing I prescribe leading up to birth is lots of sex. And you guys need to get in a good routine now. So what is your self-honoring date night that you have every single week, no matter what? He doesn't schedule work or anything. You don't schedule anything. This is your time just to connect child-free, whether you have other children or you don't. Because here's the thing is... We do this as women, do we not? We put the children first because that's a good thing to do as a mom. Be be self-sacrificing for your children. Then if there's anything left, that's going to go to my man or my partner, right? And then there's nothing left for me. And I'm just this empty vat of nothing that can't pour into anyone. And it's completely fucking backwards. I can right. say fuck on this thing, right? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's completely fuck, fuck, fucking fuck, fuck, backwards. <laughs> it's completely fucking backwards. So what so what I teach is okay, let's get in alignment with you. Let's be super honoring to you. Not selfish, but fucking honoring, right? So you can show up as the best partner and spouse, which that should be the second thing is nurturing your relationship because children are master manipulators and they're master at divide and conquer. So if they don't see a united front, they are going to divide and conquer to get what they want, right? You guys, even when you, yes, (laughs) even when you're not on the same page and you do not agree at all, those children need to think that you have each other's back and you agree no matter what. Mm. That's massive. That's huge. So I teach all of these things. Now tell me what this has to do with birth. I'm teaching like how to have a healthy relationship, how to have a good sexual and physical relationship, connecting with each other, supporting each other, being in the right headspace before you go in there to have a baby. That's huge. This is big work we're doing, especially for first-time parents. Right, right. You know? It just seems, okay, all those things seem like, yes, we need all those things, but you meet people at certain points in their life and their journey and their relationship, and sometimes, like, I just feel like not all those, they're not going to hit all those marks. No, 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 no. Nine nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, they are they're they're not happy in their relationship, mm-hmm. even though they're having a baby. Maybe they're having the baby to fix the relationship, or they just got pregnant, or whatever. Or mm-hmm. for me personally, when I got pregnant, like it was a distraction from our relationship, mm-hmm. and suddenly we had something to come together on. Mm-hmm. And then once the baby was here, we realized, oh shit, we haven't worked on anything, and we're or two different fucked. people. We're fucked. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you totally. know, most um, parents. <laughs> that is a lot of parents. Um, and like. So I think like how, so I mean, I guess you just do what you can and try to encourage it. And also men, talking to men about all those points. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I think about like my baby daddy, if like you were my doula and you're saying all these things to him, he would have been like, fuck this. this but see, it doesn't, it doesn't all come out like that. So I'm giving you guys like the breakdown <laughs> no, of the work we're doing, it's like, right? It's like yeah. the easy, like, it's like you probably ease into it. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about like the people that you know, are having, are pregnant now, listening to this, and are like, oh my God, I have so much work to do. Oh my God. But I'm so happy because so many people don't mm-hmm. even recognize No, they need to, no, they need, things. no, mm-hmm. they have to. I wish that, like, 
for me, like my my birth story was that I did want to have an. I saw the the business of being born. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely encouraged me to have a home birth. My partner was not supportive. My doctors were not supportive. I didn't have any point of reference. Mm-hmm. None of my friends had kids. Mm-hmm. I was just on this journey by myself. My parents definitely were like, "Wait, you want to have a baby? Where at yeah. home?" Yeah. So I just was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just do it at the hospital. Right. I have great insurance. It's gonna cover." 90% of my birth. Which your story, by the way, is very similar to most women's, mm-hmm. just so you know. I even had a doula come and talk to us, and my partner um, at the time was just like, well, why are, if there's an emergency, we're going to go to the hospital, why don't we just go to the hospital? Why are mm-hmm. we doing this? Like, mm-hmm. he was such an asshole. <laughs> and then, and what ended up happening was I ended up, you know, my doctor encouraged me to get induced because my baby was too big, getting bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah, your and massive then, large baby that oh, you're not my, able to yeah, push yeah, out. Yeah, inadequate pelt she was, cervix. Yeah, it was, it was, she was getting so big. Her head was huge. Well, it is big. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you birthed her. Um, well, I had a C-section. Still and, a birth, though. No, of course, but, like, I didn't want to have a C-section. Right. That was not in my birth plan, but everything went wrong. After the after getting induced, everything yeah. went wrong. Yeah. Um, and where it usually going, starts. And so, like... When you said, like, you know, there's this point of, like, where I was in labor and I went within myself, Mm -hmm. it almost makes me sad because I didn't do that. I didn't have that. I was under drugs. Yeah. I didn't feel anything. In fact, I was chilling. Why? They they gave gave you drugs or, like, right after When I started induced, when I got induced, my contractions were so intense. Yeah. There was no buildup. It was just, like... Level ten. Yeah, when they inter- when they start intercepting with shit, it goes downhill. For it was sure. no like, oh yeah. well, I think I'm contracting. It was like, oh my god. And so I was like, I need epidural. So then I had the epidural, and then I was in labor for thirty hours under epidural, but yeah. I wasn't like laboring. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm almost like I like when she said that, I was like, I wish I knew what that felt like. I don't even no, know what you're, that feels like. You're right. Everything you're saying is right, and so many moms say that to me, especially my VBAC mamas, and they're like. I feel like I was robbed of something. I do. I totally And I tell them, to be honest, you were. You were. You were robbed of the experience that is, it's this beautiful journey. So this is how I like to explain it. So everyone in today's society, men and women alike, have an issue of going outside themselves looking for answers, right? We're always looking for the answers outside of ourselves. Never do we think to go inward. We weren't taught to do that. So when you're in labor, you go through this journey of like, somebody's going to save me, somebody's going to save me, it's my partner, it's my spouse, it's the doula, it's the doctor, it's the midwife, the nurse, somebody's going to fix this, somebody's going to save me, the white horse is coming in. And all of my moms, that every single one of them that have achieved a completely natural birth, Mm -hmm. finally get to a point in their labor where they look at me and they want to give up and they ask me, how much longer is this going to fucking take? (laughs) And my answer is always the same, it's up to you. And there was one specific one where I remember we're sitting in her bathroom together. I spent a lot of time in the bathroom with women. A lot. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, it's it's a normal place for you to open up and feel privacy in. Mm. So it's a very safe space for most women. So we're in the bathroom and she looks at me and she's like, I, I'm just, how much fucking longer is this going to take? And I said, it's up to you. And I remember looking at her and within seconds something shifted and she got serious. And she's like, okay, let's do this. She didn't say that, but you could tell that was her energy. And I could see this this wave of energy move through her. And I'm like, oh shit, things are going to start progressing. So I ran and grabbed a towel and threw it underneath her. As soon as she shifted positions, tons of bloody show, which indicates cervical change. And within 30 minutes, we had to leave for the hospital. First time mom, it shouldn't have, it should have taken her way longer than from the point that she shifted at. 
And within a few hours, the baby was born. And it was the internal shift that happens. So the thing the thing that we're talking about that I feel women get robbed of, and it, it makes me sad. It makes me hurt for you. It does. Because that is your rite of passage. Because what happens in that shift is you realize nobody's coming to fucking save me. There's no white horse. There's no white horse. And you go inward and your body takes over. And suddenly your contractions are far more intense. They're closer together. Your whole labor is more intense, but you're handling it completely differently. It's almost like a meditative state. Mm -hmm. And it's something beautiful to watch. And some women, my sister-in-law is a great example. This is the girl who goes into the hospital when she's contracting and says, I'm ready to have my baby. And they say, oh, no, you're only two centimeters dilated. Your contractions are too far apart. She's like, give me 30 minutes. She goes and does 200 squats. She comes back in and she's like, give me my epidural and my Pitocin now. And she pushes her baby out five hours later. She's a freak of nature. She loves to have these medicated births to control the whole situation. That makes her happy. And that's empowering to her. But for a lot of women, they don't want that. They Mm -hmm. want the process. Even if they go through it and decide they hated it, they wanted the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my stance is like, I don't give a shit how you give birth. You should give birth how you feel safe and empowered and how you want to give birth. There is zero judgment. I'm one of the few doulas who believes in epidurals. You should do it how you feel best. However, I don't think that anyone should take that choice from from you. you. And that happens. That happens to a lot of people. And so... It's so funny that you said that you you specialize in VBAC because after my C-section, and that's how I knew my doctor, I was bullet with some bullshit. And mm-hmm. she's like a, and I didn't realize at the time she's like a celebrity doctor. I had no idea. Like my friend worked at Cedar Sinai. She even going to the, her for gynecology. She told me she was great. I hadn't even told my mom I was pregnant yet. Mm. And she was like, you have to go see this doctor. And so I just started to go see her. And then yeah. I just went on this journey with her. Now she doesn't even take insurance. Like, people are paying her full price to deliver their babies. I think yeah. Khloe Kardashian, actually. Yeah. She delivered Khloe Kardashian's baby. But most of those women I, I don't want natural I saw her on the Kardashians. Birth. I was like, this bitch. She's I was about her coin. I was, like, embarrassed. I was yeah. like, they're fucking... The woman who delivered my baby is on the fucking Kardashians? <laughs> what kind of fuck shit is this? Um, but after I had the baby, she... she um, I came... I would come for checkups, and she was like, yeah, you know, when you have your next baby, it would be so easy. We'll just... I'll fix, like I can just fix that scar, and I was like, "Wait, First so you're all, already telling, telling me you, I'm going to have another C-section?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, that's that's the best option." I'm like, "For you, because a you, you get, get paid, paid more, yeah. you get to leave when the fuck you want to leave." Like I didn't, I like I had watched so many birthing videos because even though I decided to have the birth at the hospital, I still was like, "I want to have it the most natural way. I want the baby. I want my baby to crawl up to me." Yeah, yeah. And that did not happen. <laughs> not like, my baby to crawl up to. Yeah, me. The baby, yeah. The breast crawl. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She like took the baby away. I just like. I was on the table, half dead, and then they put the baby on my face. Um, but the, like, then I started researching VBACs, and like, can you explain to our listeners? Because I'm sure yeah, we have a yeah, lot, of course. Like, a lot of women that have had C-sections mm-hmm. that feel like their only option is to have another one, or they're yeah. scared, or they're, for me, my doctor said like a VBAC, eh, it's not a good idea. Right. It's fear. Okay, so a lot of fear. So here's the thing. Um, this is called fear mongering, and unfortunately everyone's responsible for this. I see midwives do it. I see nurses, doctors, doulas. I see everyone use fear-mongering. So the example of fear-mongering is saying something out of fear to get you to see their side. So I can come on here and tell you how amazing the option of natural birth is, or I can tell you how awful 
the alternative of a hospital birth is. They both mean the same thing, but which one's more effective? Me telling you how amazing something could be for you or me scaring the shit out of you into doing something that I don't think you should do. That you think is amazing yeah. and that you're, you're actually helping. Exactly. Mm. So what doctors do, the most common term I hear with VBAC is your risk of a uterine rupture doubles when you have a VBAC. Well, the, the percentage we're doubling from here is like point. 0.002% to 0.004%. Mm, so we're wow. still talking less than a 1%, 1% chance, chance of a uterine rupture. Wow. The other things that play a huge role is um, it used to be the type of incision. It used to be the way the cesarean was performed. We don't perform those type of cesareans anymore. So unless you had one 15, 20 years ago, that's not a concern either. Um, you're at the same risk virtually for a uterine rupture. So we take the same precautions we would as we normally do, right? Um, so basically, this is the only, in my opinion, there's only two things I see um, as a risk factor when it comes to VBAC. The first one is, and it's funny because you have different hospitals say different things. Cedars is actually really great at VBAC. A lot of my VBACs are there and there's other fantastic doctors. They're just, you know, that I work with all the time. Um, but there's another awful, awful hospital that I, I can't legally say the name of it. You can't um, say it. Okay. I can't. I, because... I can get like blackballed from the right, hospital right, right, for a second. Right, right. So there's this terrible hospital. Um, it's awful. And um, they they require that you get into, if you're going to be back, because they need to control the situation because it's all fear, right? They require that you go in, you get induced, and you have an epidural, and they're monitoring you every second of your labor if you're going to even attempt a VBAC. They call it a TOLAC. It's a trial of labor. Okay. A trial? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's super not, controlled. That's not fear, like a trial, like, oh, let me let me try and maybe not kill my baby. While yeah, I guys, you're not trial. super capable of this, but we'll let you try. Well, I mean, you, you can try, I mean, if you yeah. want to risk your baby's life. No, totally. It's <laughs> fucking bullshit, yeah. right? So the alternative to that is I recommend you actually don't have any interventions if you're going to be back. Because picture a uterus like this, okay? So for our listeners, you can picture like a big balloon in your hand and you've got um, both hands on either side of the balloon that's blown up. And when you squeeze it, that's like your uterus, right? Mm -hmm. So your contractions come like this, and they give you a break. And your contractions come like this, and then there's another break in between contractions. Well, with the Pitocin, a lot of times you go from 0 to 100. It's like this, right? And most of the time, people don't understand what drugs are being used for induction. So um, there's something called misoprostol or Cervidil. So basically, what that stuff is made of is pig and bull sperm. It's what it's made it's of. Animal hormones. Basically. Yeah, basically. That induce your labor. Right. <laughs> Wait. So in your vagina. Yes, it's inserted vaginally, it's and it's it, very much so. But Ooh, think I'll about think about out. the uterus for <laughs> think about the uterus for a cow. It's probably like the size of you that has a calf in it, right? So we're contracting a very there's a lot, lot of there's a right. lot going on so, here. So right? like putting that in a human a human cervix, that doesn't really make right. a lot of it, sense. We're really I mean it's it's dangerous. Right. So when you have a uterus that's just like not it's when you introduce interventions, that's when there's side shit effects. Back, yeah. That's when shit goes whack. So I highly recommend for my moms who do want to have a trial of labor, attempt a view back, to go as natural as humanly possible, okay? And to not have any interventions that are medically unnecessary. And, and you can do a VBAC at home. Yes, absolutely. So it depends on the state that you're in, because I'm assuming some of the listeners are, you know, not in California. Um, in California, you can have a you can have a VBAC. Um, the thing is, you just have to be a good candidate for out of hospital birth. So you can't have like 
um, be high risk or have a history of certain things that could cause that to happen again. But VBAC is perfectly done safe at home. Um, I had um, preeclampsia. I can, that, that, am I at high risk next time automatically? No, not automatically. Okay. It's so funny because VBAC, like when I first heard that term, I literally thought like maybe like my uterus didn't work the right way anymore. Like that because they, I was cut open that now I had scar tissue and that had something to do with the reason mm-hmm. why. Because they didn't explain it. It was just like, no, you can't do it. So just don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. This is this is your option. And so I just was like, so that's another reason why I think, I was like, I'm never having another kid again. Hell it no. traumatizes you. And because I hear people, this with sure so, so many, many moms. women are still, have the beliefs that I had. I mean, thank God, like, you know, I've been able to, I've, I've taken it upon myself to do more research, but like, I really was like, oh, I'm like, my uterus is broken. I can't, I fucked it up. And now I, I, this is my only way of giving. Somebody told you that you were inadequate. Pretty much. And it's bullshit. It's bullshit. I think that's why it's so important to to do your research when you become pregnant. I think, um, especially in like communities for like black and brown women, like it's not, I just think it's just not a culture that's really explored, period. Like you get Mm -hmm. what you just think you're going to the hospital, it's going to hurt, it's going to be intense, it's scary, and then you give birth. So I think it's like even to have a birth plan, Mm -hmm. like I like to have, if I had a doula, I had a very intense, like, you know, you. You don't want drugs. You don't want this. And then you're just drugged up. You don't know what the fuck is happening. They're not explaining shit to you. Yeah. There's fear. Like, But even I had a very descriptive, very researched, well, three-page uh, like, um, birth, plan. birth plan. But because I didn't have a doula and I ended up going to the hospital, like... No one was there. So I had to like make sure it was, to make sure, followed. yeah, like they went against what the fuck I wrote down, and then later I guess they realized it, and then had to like make copies. Like so, as people were coming on, because that's actually really like a legal thing. I, I've documented specifically what I don't want you to do, and you've done it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important to do your research, even if you can't. Okay, I can't afford a doula, can't afford a midwife, to still have some like some direction of where you want to go, because a lot of doctors expect you to not be informed, and that's and that's that's how they can really use fear. 100%. Because if you don't know shit and you think, if you don't know they're saying 50, yeah. you know, your, your chance doubles. You don't know what's fucking from 2.200. Well, my, no, it's my a Kardashian term. doctor told me that, <laughs> that she, do you know how many, when I told her I wanted to have a home birth, she's like, do you know how many home birth, stillborn babies I've delivered? Like, she totally freaked like, that's me out. Big, that's, she said that to you? She's a lying she bitch. Said, she, and wow. then she said, do you really want to risk your first child? Why don't you just have your first child at the hospital? See how that goes. That and then if you want to have another one, you can, you'll, you'll, you'll know how the process works. I would have been like, well, how many? I want to know specifically how many have you. I wasn't that aggressive. I, I know. Just, I, I was such an aggressive patient. That's why me and my, my OBGYN are friends now. Because yeah. I was talking mad shit. I was like, I need you to be more specific about the numbers. I feel like, I was like, I feel like you paid a lot of money for medical school. And now you feel, in t- like, you feel like you have to tell me these things. But let's be honest. This is bullshit. Um, anyway, we have some listeners who had some questions for doulas. Okay. Um, and she wants to know. What are, well, you think you've covered the benefits of being a doula. Um, the cost. What is your cost generally? Yeah. So um, everywhere is different. So I live in a city, a town called Santa Clarita, which is a suburb of LA, right? Mm-hmm. So doulas with similar credentials and similar training and similar experience to me that live like in the heart of LA, they charge $2,000, $3,000 or more sometimes, especially if they're like celebrity or high-end doulas, very, very pricey. 
um, the little family suburb town I live in, a lot of those moms can't afford that as much. Um, So it depends. I have different packages, but my services, they go anywhere from like the $1,400 to the $1,700 price range. And are you with them from the beginning of Whenever they hire you yeah. to the to yeah. birth. And yeah. then yeah. after time care too? Yeah. Or how does that work? So I tell all of my clients, hire me as soon as you humanly possibly can. Uh, even though I am a birth doula, my special, right? Like we talked about, like my approach is a lot of that inner game, right? Mm-hmm. We need more time together in the beginning. I have books I want you to read. I have homework I want you doing, right? So hire me as soon as you can. From the moment they hire me, they have complete access to me. When they go into labor, I meet them at their birth and I stay with them until about an hour afterwards. Make sure that they're breastfeeding well, they're skin to skin, the placenta was delivered well, they're healthy, they feel good. Then I kick everyone out because it's time for them to bond as a family. You probably remember that with Alana's birth after so long. I was like, okay, there's 20 people here and everybody needs to go, right? (laughs) Because it's time for them to bond. Then I do a postpartum visit to make sure that everyone is doing well and nursing well and she's not struggling um, everyone's sleeping and eating, things like that. But she still has access to me. So if she needs to send me a text message or needs resources or is having trouble with an issue or uh, wants to shoot me an email or call me, she still has access to me. Okay. What about how do you and the midwife collaborate? Like, are, do mm-hmm. you oftentimes, are you usually, like, does the midwife oftentimes suggest you to her client or do sometimes it's totally separate? Like you don't even know this midwife yeah. and you guys, but you guys have communication together. It's important that you guys have like a relationship Mm -hmm. or like, you know, some sort of plan together. Yeah, totally. So it kind of varies. Mm -hmm. So I work a lot off of word of mouth. So I have fabulous marketing Mm -hmm. and I can get people finding me online all day long, but I found that those are actually my least favorite births. I found that my favorite births have been through somebody who recommended them because we, like attracts like and we're similar minded. So there's a really good um, connection and bond there. So my clients, wherever they're delivering, I go to them. Mm-hmm. So if they're delivering at a hospital, we go to the hospital. If they're delivering it with a midwife, I go to them. So I'm completely separate from their care provider. But there is a lot of doctors and midwives who do recommend my services mm-hmm. because they see the difference in their patients right. when they show up. Um, there's, you know, two or three midwives here in LA that I work really closely with that are always referring to me and they're fabulous. And a lot of doctors at Cedars even pass out my cards to their patients. They're like, Hey, you want a V-back? You want a natural birth? You need to call this chick. Right. Do you find that if you, because you might not have interaction with a midwife, um, if if we're doing a home birth or whatever, Mm -hmm. that... Is there like some sort of hierarchy between midwife and doula? Is there some sort of like I mean, unspoken, like not all the time? Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I know, but like I just feel like, I don't know, like you, you, you're walking into a situation where you mm-hmm. maybe have never met the midwife. The midwife has been supporting the, the, the woman this yeah. whole time and then here comes someone else to support and they're like, it can be weird. Yeah. No, it's it totally can. No, it's it too, totally can. You never can. know who you're meeting. You guys need yeah. to be on the same page. You know, you never know who you're walking <laughs> I don't think, into. Yeah, I don't think you do. And becomes. Beat. And I think sometimes it becomes a little. It becomes personal. You're you're assisting someone through their Something. birth, and you almost get territorial of your. One hundred percent. Yes. One hundred percent. So newer doulas that I'll mentor sometimes. I. I encourage them to not do that Mm -hmm. um, because it's really easy to get territorial, right? So if I had never met your doctor before and your doctor is saying things to you that are not quite true and not quite accurate, let's say I was at your last birth, I'd be a little pissed and I'd get a little territorial. But that's where we really have to check ourselves as doulas and be like, this is not my birth, right? I'm here to help her find her voice and what she wants to do, not to save her. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of doulas that are still trying to save people or trying to relive their own birth story. So mm-hmm. we have to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. But it's also understanding the difference between the hat that a doula wears and a care provider. So I'm not here to make medical decisions for you, right? I'm not here to give you medical advice. I'm here to support you emotionally, physically, informationally, and give you the facts, right? The evidence-based, unbiased information of what your real choices are so you can choose what's best for you. So when I'm approaching that way, it's going to go a lot better most of the time regardless. But it is true. Sometimes I've worked with one midwife one time um, and she's a fantastic midwife, but she actually recommends, she tells people not to get doulas. And it's her own personal shit she needs to work through because she likes feeling like the savior. Mm. She loves that feeling of, I did this I did for this, this woman right. and I there did this. There was no other help. Right, me. totally. And my whole thing is like, I want you to have such a beautiful birth. I want you to take my coaching so well. I want you to be so coachable and teachable. And I want to do such a good job that you felt like you didn't even need me. And I was just there holding space for you, a fly on the wall in case an emergency happened. And that's ideally my favorite birth, honestly. Right, when you can, you, the woman is empowered. and When I've coached it. her well enough that she just rocks her birth and I'm just there to support, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Any other questions? Um, no, that was it. Um, do you recommend that if you are going to go, if you are having a home birth or birth center birth or whatever with a midwife, that... Mm-hmm. That and you also want a doula mm-hmm. that you connect the two together, like that you. Yeah, you can, but just don't be too pushy with it. So okay. I have had, I had a childbirth educator, which I'm one myself, but I had a childbirth educator once. Um, she teaches just a hypnobirthing, and she was like, "Oh, you need a doula that just does hypnobirthing." What and, is hypnobirthing? Um, it's so basically, there's many different types of labor right silent births are they kind of quiet they're supposed to be kind of quiet because typically you have your headphones on and you're and you're um you're listening to the affirmations and the things that help you go inward and go to that meditative state it's basically how i would describe it in like pretty simple terms even though there's lots of ways to do it because (laughs) i did this and i really recommend researching like who are you going to tap into? Yeah. I think when I realized I was in the hospital and I was getting induced and I was like, okay, I just started looking at my phone and I, I, in that moment, downloaded this app and literally, I don't know why no one fucking turned it off, but for hours, I had down like an Australian one and she's like, your baby is waiting to meet you. Your baby is coming down. Your baby. <laughs> Wait, is that why? Because I sent you that... That expectful thing, you're like, as long as their voice isn't fucking annoying. It was like that meditated, meditation I, I can't forget app it. for pregnant women. I, I don't know why I was too, I don't, I was too hypnotized to say, turn that bitch off. And I'm like, y'all baby cannot wait to meet you. Y'all that is hilarious. Push y'all baby down. And afterwards, everybody's making fun of me like, what the, who is this bitch? And you're like, you let the bitch keep playing. And then I had like, I had like, girl, I printed out affirmations. Yeah. Like, Bring my affirmations. From the table. I was like, made them table on the wall. I love I that. Like, <laughs> reading and listening. I'm like, your baby. Like, my baby is coming. Suddenly you're Australian. Oh, my you're in Sydney God. giving birth. That's hilarious. In the outback. My baby. I'm sure the nurses were like, this bitch is crazy. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> then I was like, it. one time I was like trying to dance the baby down. They're like, I've never seen this method. I was like, it's new. <laughs> It is new, actually. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Sorry. I, I, You're okay. That made my day. Do you 
research on who you're going to listen to for eight hours straight. Yeah. Um, well, so that's, I guess, the point of a huge part of hypnobirthing would be to do it prior to labor and be very familiar with mm. it so you know what you're doing when it happens and you go into it and it's not some crazy Australian bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, there's many different ways of, you know, there's Lamaze, there's the Bradley method, there's hypnobabies, there's hypnobirthing, there's birthing from within, which is one of my favorite things. There's so many different ways you can spin this, right? And basically, to answer your question earlier, there was a childbirth educator who was like, she's not an adequate doula for you because she's not certified in my course. She needs to come pay $800 and be my assistant oh, and be in my course. No. It was I such bullshit. It. So I straight up called her up and was like, so let's chat, right? So it's hard because, yes, you want to connect them as much as you can. But the reason why I called her is because I made it very clear to my clients well before they took this course, listen, I have done it all. I've learned about it all. The problem I have with just doing hypnobabies, and to any listeners out there that had the most amazing experience with hypnobabies, more power to you, sister. I'm not hating. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you. But not everyone has that experience, right? Sometimes that doesn't work. Or it's some crazy Australian bitch that pisses you off, right? <laughs> it doesn't work all the time. Sometimes what you need is very different. Sometimes you need silence. Sometimes you need visualization. Everyone's different. So I like to pull out all of the tools and see what works best for you in that moment and what you need, right? So um, they were very pushy about, like, she wants you to take her course. So I finally called her up. And I was like, listen, this is all my experience. I've, had pl- I've read a lot in hypnobirth. I've done a lot. I've experienced a lot of hypnobirths. And I don't believe it's the only way. If my clients want to go this route, that's awesome. But I'm, I'm, I don't have time. I'm not coming to take your course. Right. I flat out told her. I was, I was really. And I, don't, and I don't appreciate you suggesting to be no. a third party that I need to take your goddamn course. Right. It was really shitty the way that she handled it, unfortunately. But it is what it is. Hopefully, she's changed her ways a little bit and since then. I, to go off of that, as a doula, have you ever had to pass, like, step away from a, like a, a unexpected mom because you guys <sighs> were not vibing and like just because I know it's yeah. such a sacred space that you hold together it's so sacred for both of you yeah so like how does are you picky about your clients or, like, I also you? interview my clients okay and I tell all of them Alana will tell you this I tell all of them okay you're gonna go interview one or two or maybe three other cl- other doulas not 10 or 12 because they're all going to mess together and you're going to forget them. I've had clients do that. Just one or two and see who you vibe with. And, and a lot of times they're like, oh, no, but we love you. I'm like, just go see because what if you love somebody more? Two times in eight and a half years, I've had a mom come back and be like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm breaking up with the love of my life because I love you so much, but you were right. Like, this other person is, like, my soulmate. I'm like, it's all good, sister. Like, that's who you should be with. Like, we're having a baby. This is serious stuff. So that's happened twice. Um, That's how I am with my lash clients. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to – this is not going to work. This is not working. (laughs) So I have had that. Um, I've had two births where – One of them, um, I literally had to kick her husband out of the room. And he, I still worry. She was on my mind yesterday when I was on a walk. And I haven't seen her in years. I still worry about her to this day. Um, He's not a healthy man. Mm -hmm. And I I fear for her and that whole family. Um, He knew how important it was for her to do everything natural. And as soon as he saw her in pain, he just started screaming at both of us that she needs to have a C-section. Oh, great. It was very traumatizing Mm -hmm. for her. I had to kick him out. Once he left, she was fine. And he came back way too soon. Um, he's just very, very unhealthy man who needs to do a lot of work. You know, he's not an evil man. He's not a bad man. He just needs a lot of help, you know? Um, and then their second time around, she came back and she was like, 
hey, your prices have gone up significantly since our first birth with you. And I was like, well, that's because I was a newer doula. I was only charging like, I think a thousand bucks at the time and I'd given them a discount and they'd gone up a lot. She's like, they're almost double the price, which they weren't. And she was trying to get me to come down really, really low. And I was like, I physically can't. I have to run a business and I can only take so many clients per month. Right. Also, I don't like your husband. (laughs) And I, you know, and I went to one of my mentors at the time and I'm like, I don't know what to do because I don't want to be at that birth, but I'm fearful for her if I'm not. Right. I had to really think about it and sit in it for a long time. Show up for her. Yes. Yes. And I had to sit in it for a really long time and I just gave it up to God in the universe and I'm like what is meant to be is going to be and I told her this is the bottom line this is what I can come down to and if you can't that's okay I wish you the most beautiful birth contacts me like a month later and she's like we found a different doula thank you so much we love you I'm like no problem get an email from her a year and a half later she had a terrible horrific birth experience she's having a really hard time with her husband and she didn't love her doula Mm -hmm. and she just she poured out in that email I fucking hated my birth I hated my doula I hated everything I wish you were there I miss you I want you in my life she really poured out and I felt awful but I was like I knew that I wasn't supposed to be there because I do get protective and I'm sure they're like I had to kick him out of the first birth I can't imagine what I would have had to have done the second time so I have had a few situations like that I have on one one occasion I saw a doctor he should literally be in jail for the way he physically abused this woman oh my god it was fucking horrible. Literally, that man should be hospital, like jailed, like imprisoned. He's, it was terrible. He physically abused her. Um, you know, I have seen that and I had to really step away and make that choice. Like, do I leave this room because I can't handle this anymore? But I'm not supposed to say anything, right? Like, I can get in big trouble. I'm not supposed to speak on my client's behalf, right? And there was nobody else there with her. So I'm like looking at the nurses and I'm telling her to speak up for herself and I'm doing the best I can. You know, that was another awful situation, unfortunately. But but other than that, out of all the other clients I've had, like those are my worst times where I've had to decide if this was something I should be a part of or not. I have one other question. Yeah. Wait, we gotta wrap it up soon. But, um, mm-hmm. We could go all day. <laughs> I know, well now I'm like, I'm like, oh, the questions are flowing. Um, <laughs> Have you ever been present for a stillbirth as a doula? Okay, like, thank God I haven't. Gone, going wrong and like how do, yeah. is, how do you support after that? Yeah, things going wrong, yes, I've been a part of that. That's really hard as a doula, even for someone like me who will very proudly say I have a gift for it. Mm-hmm. I have a gift for when everything else is going wrong, I'm the calmest person in the room. So th- even then for me, there's it's difficult. Um, the, the worst I can that comes up to mind right now is I had a mom who um baby was not stillborn but baby was completely not responsive at all no breathing no nothing um we called 911 it was a home birth um and not to scare people from home birth because we are trained midwives are trained equally if not in some cases better to handle like a newborn resuscitation better than the hospital is even right so we call 911 um they started resuscitation on the baby And the reason why this one was so hard for me was because the parents were good friends of mine. Mm, Long time good friends. I mean, it was very, very personal. And I knew something was off during the labor because they wanted to birth. um, I have to be mindful of what I say right now because legally there's only so many things I could say. But where they wanted to birth that, they were unable to outside of the home. So they ended up at the apartment they were living at. And she felt very uncomfortable and unsafe Mm. there. She felt like her neighbors could hear her. It wasn't the right space for her. So long story short, baby is completely non-responsive, call 911, full resuscitation. 
And I just looked at mom and dad and dad was losing it. And I just said, you guys, the only thing you can do right now is you need to talk to your baby because that baby needs a reason to live right now. That baby needs to um, hear mom and dad and know that there's something waiting for me. So they started singing Wheels on the Bus, which they used, oh. they used to read the Wheels on the Bus oh my book. God, I yeah. They, I know, I'm getting I chills. Know, yeah. And they used to read Wheels on the Bus book to their baby when she was in womb. And, oh, God, I have chills everywhere on my legs. Um, and they started singing Wheels on the Bus. And I'm like, keep going, keep going. And what felt like, you know, 20, 30 minutes, it was actually three minutes, which is a long time. But baby started screaming. Oh my god. Before 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 the paramedics or anyone got there, baby is fine, baby's screaming. And uh and afterwards mom was okay because her baby was on her chest and she's like, My baby is here. So she was fine because all she needed was that baby. But for dad, dad's like watching the love of his life and his baby. He what he just experienced, he was not well. He was not well. So that was me again. Wanting to lose my own shit, but not, and taking dad to the corner and doing some serious doula work. And I'm like, listen, the paramedics are going to be here in a minute. This is what's going to happen. These are the steps. This is the process. Um, legally, technically, baby baby, and mom don't have to go to the hospital after that because they're both totally fine. Mm-hmm. But um, we recommended in that specific situation for specific reasons, um, like meconium and things like that, that we wanted baby to be seen at the hospital anyways. So we knew they were going to go to the hospital and that... Um, I just just preparing him for what's going to happen because it is so rare that something like this happens. However, how do you think the medical staff is going to treat them when they get there with their baby and Medi- tell them that they like, had a home birth? Because, yeah, because they're, they're going to make them feel bad. bad. You shouldn't have done totally. that. You put your baby Maybe at risk. Totally, it's going to be them. awful. And here's Even the thing: everything's fine. No, everything's totally fine. And here's the thing. I have been a part of a lot of transports. Some of them were medically necessary. Some of them were mom just needed an epidural and she's been laboring for three days and the poor thing needed a break. Um, You know, we're not opposed to, hey, if mom needs to go to the hospital, let's go to the hospital, right? So I've been a part of a lot of transports. And there have been times where the paramedics have shown up and they know the midwife. She's their midwife, right, for their babies. Or they know me. I'm their doula. And they're like, hey. And they're so loving and so awesome. And we get there and we know those doctors and nurses and they're super receptive but that is not always the case there are many places all over the country that it's exactly what you guys said it's a lot of fear it's a lot of bullshit and i just i just prepped him for the worst to come and they did get treated really bad when they first got there but and just for the record because i have watched a lot of births online Mm If you ever watch like animals birth, sometimes the baby's laying there for a minute or two, three minutes. And yes. It, sometimes yes. I, I know this sounds crazy that like the primal instinct for the mom, the, the, the animals like never panic. They're just like, I've watched like, elephant like, ones. Yeah, like, smack kick them, yeah. baby. Like, like, kick them a little bit. Yeah. Like, just like, give them a little like, like, get up. They're just letting <laughs> them know like, hey, hey, you need to live now. And that's what mom and dad were doing when they're singing. They're just letting them know, hey, I know you recognize this voice. Come Give on. you a reason. Let's go. Because it's literally, even like I, I read about like um, rubbing on the spine. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's literally you guys, a transition that's happening. A soul is encompassing a, yes. a vessel. Yes. So sometimes they're like, where am I coming? I don't want to go. I don't totally. want to go down. Like, I totally. don't want to go back to Earth. I hate that place. <laughs> <laughs> again? Again? Fuck. Her chumps in office. Fuck this. Fuck. <laughs> no, God, no. Oh my God. <laughs> like, sometimes they need a minute. But yeah. for the record, Jamila, just so you know, that same family is planning baby number two right now. Years and years later, they are planning a home birth. And they said they would not have changed a single thing the way that they did it. That's amazing. Not a single thing. That's amazing. Know? That must feel so good for you, too, and yeah. in your work. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you. Thank you for what you do. I'm yeah. so glad Welcome. I was able to talk to you, yeah. especially because I do want to have a kid at, at, at some point. As you a call man me sister. First. Like but I like, yeah, I want to know that. I, like, I, 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 I feel, thank God, now I have more support. I mm-hmm. have, you know, this podcast. I have a community of women that we listen to that I feel like are my friends that, you know, we just, and I get to speak to people like you where I feel supported, you yeah. know? So this time around, no matter who baby daddy family ain't nothing penetrating what the fuck I want to yes, do. That's what I want to yes, tell women girl. too. Sometimes um, you have to say fuck it and go with your instincts. And some conversations you. you gotta let people know I'm not. it's not a conversation. It's not up for discussion. I've made my decision and this I'm, is me. I'm not discussing mm-hmm. it. And whether that's a hospital whether that's home birth whatever it is. Mom-in-law mama, dad, sister, brother like uh, I, it's not a discussion. I don't want to talk about so it. True. It's so true. Respect me. Respect my decision. It's my birth. It's my experience. Even daddy. And and have a birth plan, and that's it. You have to be so honoring in that way. Yeah, honor yourself. That's it. And with that said, I know you have kind of, you have a re, you have re, you so the so female mm-hmm. um, network that you have yes, yes, resources yes. for maybe our yeah. listeners to tap yeah. into if they're considering whatever they're considering and yeah. they need support. So let us know Absolutely. where they can find you and all your yes all your amazing work. So I'm a CEO. I own three different companies, and the most recent one uh, marries all of this. So everything women's health. You're trying to get pregnant, trying to not get pregnant. You want a VBAC. You want to breastfeed. You want a hospital birth. It doesn't matter what you're looking for. Um, we have a community. Community that is a membership site. There's a ton of free resources on there. It's so-female.com. Um, and I have a book that's coming out. That's the first step that starts to teach women how to connect with their bodies and use tools like essential oils, meditation, mindfulness to help that process, right? Um, that's getting ready to come out too. And you can go to the site. You can get the book there. You can get free resources. You can sign up for the free newsletter and just get support unbiased, evidence-based support, wherever you're at in your journey, girl, we just want you to do you and we want to love on you. And that's it. Thank you. You're welcome. So is that the best place for them to find you? Yeah. um, So website is great. So-female.com. But other great resources, Instagram is, um, the doula Instagram is Grounded Mamas, M-A-M-A-S. so-female, right, for for so-female. And then I, my, I have a wellness Instagram as well, which is at the.dream.thinker. So the dream, the dream thinker with dots in between. And I give to away tons of resources and information there as well. Like you guys can DM me, email me, connect with me and my assistant directly there and get all the support you need. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for yeah. coming. Thank you for having me. This I'm is so fun. I'm got to connect with you I know. not crying in your arms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. But hey, this this was only one time, girl. At some point, I'm going to have you crying in my arms. You are. <laughs> this is probably true. Um, well, we'll catch you guys later. Make sure you follow us at goodmoms underscore badchoices. Follow, go to our website, goodmomsbadchoices.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. Buy some merch. You can also watch this episode on our page. Patreon. Um, I know you guys like to hear our sexy voices, but also we're kind of cute, <laughs> and so is Sam. So you probably want to watch. Love that. Love that. So go check out our Patreon. Um, we have some cool stuff on there too. Other offers, um, and that's it, right? Um, also, we're going to do a meetup at Hollywood Cemetery on yes. August 10th. It's Boys in the Hood. If you're in LA, you needs to come for yeah, it. It's Quest, be lit. Quest Love is DJing. We're bringing tequila. You must buy tickets now. They might be sold out already by the time you hear this episode. (laughs) Okay, bye. 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 (laughs) How beautiful is nothing more than to wait at time's door. I've never been in love.
love like this before Now let me pray to keep you from The perils that will surely come 